This is Blackstone Joe, and you're listening to Slick Talk. If I say I'm an oil man, you will agree. Welcome into episode 103. Today we have Eric on the show. Eric is a unique guest in the sense that he's the first Blackstone employee that we've had make a guest appearance who has never written a report before. And you might wonder, okay, why are we going outside of the data here? And well, importantly, I think that customers will be interested in gaining a little bit of insight about the operation, how we process samples, what happens when your sample arrives, what are some of the holdups in getting a sample from the receiving area through the lab with results to the report writer. Every step of that operation matters, and there can be unique challenges to every step in that operation. So what we want to do with this episode is bring on a guest who's able to describe exactly what goes into that process, receiving a sample, unpacking it, what are some of the issues we run into, messy samples, samples that have little to no info, what we can do to track down the customer, what is they sampled, and of course, how we're able to provide the data whether the conditions are ideal or not. Fortunately, when we have a talent like Eric on staff, we're able to get those samples processed even when they don't arrive in the tip-top shape that we'd like them to be in. Without further ado, here's Eric. So you listen to a few shows in preparation, um, and I don't know if this would have come across, but... You're the first guest who is not a report writer. Not counting your friend. Well, out from in the building. Though. Oh, yeah. From in the building. Because, yeah. like, yeah, we've had, you know, several guests that are just enthusiasts or customers. Mm-hmm. But you're the first Blackstone employee who has never written a report yeah. to be on the show. Which, I mean, it, 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 it was a past due. It, it was definitely a past due to get a perspective outside of the report writer mindset because mm-hmm. obviously we don't write the reports until the samples get through the lab and then the lab gives us the data and yeah. then we can actually report it. So giving people more insight onto that side of the operation is something that you know we always wanted to do. Like a behind the scenes thing. Yeah. And I figure what's interesting about you is that, well, first of all, something I don't know about you, let's, let's start there. What is your position technically? Uh, data clerk. In reality, I do. Even when I when I started, it was always what it is still kind of now, where it's just help out wherever it's needed. Yeah. But as time went on, the mail just became the only thing where it was like, you know, that definitely needs focus. Yeah. And then um, that just kept piling up to the point where it was definitely not a job for one person to do anymore. And now it's even to the point where like two people is even questionable. Where, which is why mm-hmm. we have like that third. And now instead of just me being the only like floater, yeah. we have five. We have five people that are not doing it. Because I feel like you came along, let's see, how many years have you been here? Uh, just a little over two. Okay. Because I feel like you came along at an interesting point because like the business has always grown, mm-hmm. but you have seen a serious uptick, right? Oh, yeah. So like I don't know if there's a way to like easily describe or quantify, but is there any sort of 
I don't know, say when you when you come in and, and, and you're getting your day going, is there anything you can put your finger on that kind of illustrates just the influx of samples now compared to where it was when you started? Is there any way to kind oh. of describe that? Yeah. So when I first started, an ideal week would be when we would have like two buckets left on the table. From, from the post office. Yeah, from the post office. Yeah. Now... It's like we're glad when we're less than a week behind. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of – it's changed a lot to the point where even when Mary, um, who is the other unpacker uh, here, um, she used to, oh, yeah, we used to finish every single day and get all the mail done, and that was like a goal. That goal is no longer a, yeah. a foreseeable thing. Now we just kind of want to keep to the point where we're staying like up to week and not getting behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just depends on how much mail is coming in for sure. And it's not for lack of trying, right? Like like you've seen changes in the operation to try and respond to this. So it's not merely a, uh, oh, well, we're just so gosh darn busy and, and, and we don't know what to do about it. Like what are some of the changes in operation style from when you started as a response of, you know, or in response to handling that that flow. No, yeah, we're forever changing. So, it, yeah, like you said, it's not lack for better word of not trying. It's, it's. Uh, we started with a conveyor belt, and on that table were all the samples we can fit. We mm-hmm. outgrew that really quick, um, from when I started to like even like two months in. Then we did the bigger belt. Now we have like these. Um, big boxes that kind of hold everything and kind of hold more samples still in a belt but like more more samples now and even i think we're starting to grow from that um we've changed the table setup and everything we've extended that now it's no longer i mean it's still a big table but it's extended into well into the garage as you can tell Mm -hmm. we got more carts so more trays has been building up Uh, as far as trying to keep up we do a really good job of keeping up um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's not always the manpower that's behind, but also kind of the flow that's throughout, um, pinpointing like where the bottleneck is, but also trying to mm-hmm. find a good flow of things. So for what we're doing right now, I think we're doing great. Um, and like I said, the changes that we're making are phenomenal, uh, but it's not going to be an easy, easy fix or a quick change. It's definitely mm-hmm. going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, the the quick change about it is the thing because you know, like I field obviously a lot of questions on this matter from customers and emails mm-hmm. and phone calls, and obviously you get the phone call side of you know what what's what's the deal? What are, what's the operation now? Why is it slowed? And it's just not an overnight thing. Building a whole other lab, adding another spectrometer, all this stuff does take time but we're working on it so mm-hmm. i was wondering if you might be able to shed some light on the holdups in getting a sample process what would you say are some of the biggest holdups when when folks send their samples in getting that data through the lab t- back to them gotcha um, um biggest holdup i would say right now is the limitation that we have on the amount of reports that we can produce like a day okay um how many runs can be stamped in um mm-hmm. into the lab because like you mentioned, the lab can only do so many samples. So I can unpack every sample back there, but it would just be a pile up. Yeah. The only thing that would kind of help out is that it would show a status update uh, for customers that are checking in the website and stuff like that to um, see that their sample not only has arrived, but has been unpacked. But again, we would just have an abundance of 
samples, samples waiting. with no space to kind of where to put them. Mm-hmm. So it, it's all like timing, trying to get a flow going and not have someone not try to race to a finish line where it kind of stresses another coworker out mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I can't keep up with all this. So it's, it's like a balance, I would say. Um, Can there be a hang up that comes as a result of like the way a sample is sent or packaged? Like, yeah, if, if, if you have someone who, who <clears throat> follows the directions to the letter and the sample arrives, it hasn't spilled. We have a, uh, an oil information slip filled out accurately. Mm-hmm. Does that sample stand a better chance of getting processed than one that does not have the correct technique? It, it does um, because it spends less time getting cleaned up, trying to figure out what the information on that slip says. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I would actually add more, even, even furthermore, is before you send out your kit or send out your sample, uh, make sure you have an updated shipping label. Um, a lot of people order these kits like in bulk, mm. and they might have them sitting in the garage for a few years. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I believe the post office only keeps like that uh, shipping uh, status or up or information for up to three years. Normally, after that, we kind of quit receiving like updates. Now they're still good to send in, um, but that might cause a little delay. And when we have a bit of a backlog here, sometimes that shipping time from it to get here, to, you know, from their house to here. Um, can make a quick difference as far as when they receive those results. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time is just waiting um, for our sample to arrive. But when it comes to the information, all that, yeah, uh, clearly we always prefer a clean slip over a, a dirty one. I always do recommend trying to separate your oil sample from the paperwork uh-huh. um, as much as possible. Right. So if you can put the oil sample in the black bottle, keep that paperwork outside but still in the envelope, that's definitely best uh, case scenario. So the slip getting dirty is obviously a big holdup, but Say someone forgets to fill out their slip or there's such scarcity in the details. Mm. What can you do on your end to try and make sure that sample is still getting processed when there's little or no info sent along with it? Um, best we do is just go off of whatever is on the uh, shipping label. Okay. So I will either make copies of those or we try to transfer mm-hmm. as much information that we can find either on the bottle, paperwork, any type of info that we can provide for you guys um, on that. Uh, once it gets further down the line, um, as it's getting like put into the system, we, we will either try to reach out to see if we can get more information on that. Um, so making so many calls a day will also kind of, I guess I slow mm-hmm. that uh, process down. But yeah, just making sure that the customer is uh, taking those steps helps out yeah. by a lot. I think sometimes with the wait time, people will assume that maybe we're just hanging on to samples for one reason or another. But I think we only ever hold on to a sample and, and don't go through with testing if we literally don't have any info on it. So is, is it a good idea for a customer to call and maybe just inquire if they might have forgot their slip? Or you know, what should people do if they're maybe wondering is my sample held up because I didn't provide the info or maybe the info was, was ruined in transit. Is that something worthwhile for people to just check and see if their slip was yes. missing? Uh, and, and biggest uh, advice I can give is keep note of your tracking numbers. Mm. If, even if we have a tracking number, that's going to be some information for us to go ahead and push a sample through. It'll go into what we call like purgatory, um, yeah. which is just like a file or an account based on people where we had no idea who they are, um, but are hoping that they would call in and have 
any little bit of information that might connect us to that particular sample, um, in most cases being just a tracking number. Um, or sometimes even like the city that the tracking number came from, we can see what you know city and state it might mm-hmm. originate from. And if someone calls in from, let's say, Miami, Florida, and we have one sample that we did from Miami, Florida within the past month, it's like, okay, this looks, and you say it's for what? That kind of matches. And yeah. pretty much make that connection. Um, but... But yeah, uh, in in the cases where we have no information whatsoever, um, those samples do tend to sit, and uh, oftentimes, um, who knows if we can actually like make that connection uh, to a to a person. Mm-hmm. If you remember a few months ago, I was asking you to let me know whenever any odd samples came through, samples yeah. <laughs> that were just particularly nightmarish. And then, what we did recently before Halloween is we put those clips together. And then we put a, a Halloween filter on it with scary music. We're like, you know, sample unpacking doesn't, or sample packing doesn't have to be spooky. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so were those like the worst samples you've seen? Or can you walk me through what you would describe as a, I don't know, if it's not the worst you've seen, a garden variety nightmare sample and, and what makes it a difficult sample to deal with? No, by far the worst sample I've ever seen. Again, when you brought it up, that's just the collection that I was able to com- like gather for that time frame, mm-hmm. um, which was qu- still quite a bit. Um, there's still one to this day that I question how it all happened. And the only thing I can think of is it might have been given to a mechanic. Um, I think the customer filled out the paperwork, gave the mechanic like the kit, and then whoever opened the sample just put oil in it with bottle, paperwork, everything inside of it, check, but filled up the whole black bottle with oil. So oh, when I opened, wow. yeah, so when I opened it, all I saw was black oil until I started draining it into one of our bottles and noticed that there was additional contents, contents inside. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why would you do this? Yeah. And same thing, how to take everything out, clean it up as best I can without wiping off any of that information and mm-hmm. see if I can connect any of the dots do you remember whether or not that sample got processed um we did yeah so we we were able to uh make out like the uh the name and then from that name we did the search um and we also so it was the name in the city so that kind of helped out and then we ended up calling the person and gathering the rest of the information kind of explained the situation they sent another check-in and uh so it, it worked out, but... Yeah, I feel but, like that's a, a credit to, to your side of the operation in general. It's pretty rare, even if a sample arrives in a rough condition or the, or the slip is messed up or whatever, more often than not, would you say that we're still able to process them? I mean, is it pretty rare that we have to just discard it? Yeah, no, yeah, super. I don't think I've ever uh, discarded a sample just because we uh, the oil was too too messy. Um, even people's like when they press down on the paperwork, yeah. if you shine it to a light, you can kind of see that glare and, and make it out. So there's, there's tricks and stuff that you kind of find out throughout, mm-hmm. throughout your time here. Um, but no, luckily I don't think we ever had to discard a sample because it was too messy. Yeah. And when it's not unpacking samples, I feel like you do a lot of work on the phones, mm-hmm. which is very important. I think one thing that always I'm kind of taken aback when I get forwarded a call is often a customer will say, yeah, whoever I talked to first didn't know this answer about the report. And <laughs> and I think it shocks people that like, yeah, the not everyone hears a report writer. Now everyone can help 
you mm-hmm. in one way or another, but we're not all report writers. So when you're taking a call, you know, what are you prepared to help with as far as, you know, if someone calls in, you're the first one on, what are the typical, I guess, FAQs that you're prepared to help with oh, you yeah. and everyone else who's, who's helping with samples? Uh, number one is definitely tracking down a sample. It's like, hey, where's my sample type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to look in the uh, the system, uh, figure it down to uh, what account, where it's at. Um, also, um, noting down any like updated payments that people have received stuff on, answering questions as far as how to get set up, how to create an online profile, things like that. Mm-hmm. Those are all stuff that uh, we can definitely do. Um, as far as answering questions. Yeah, so it's not breaking down the report, but if someone has a question about where the sample is, payment, so on and so forth, you're going to be the first one on the call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also like the, determine like what type of testing can we do. Uh, mm-hmm. Most questions we, we've gotten, you know, often enough that uh, we do know what, like, what all, as far as like testing we do, uh, as like the off-ball ones, then those are the ones we pass along. Yeah. Right. Makes sense because it can snowball very quickly. Yeah. I feel like it, it, it goes from one question about what does this element mean into like a 30 minute diatribe where I'm learning what the weather's like where they are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it can go and go and go. And normally I, I will stop somebody like mid conversation. It was like, hey, I don't want to cut you off, but I'm, gonna, I'm t- letting you know right now, I am not the person that's going to be able to help you out. So before we have to <laughs> run this down again, let me just. Uh, Do you have an internal clock where you're like, this is this is the time I, I need to cut it off? As, so, as soon as I, I know that I'm not going to be the person, that's when I'll, I'll do it. Okay. Because yeah. even, even as the person, sometimes I look at the phone and I'm like, we're, we're 15 minutes in here, and this question was about the molybdenum level. I don't know. I don't know how much I got <laughs> <You know? laughs> because it's not it's not centered around the report, but uh, that's interesting. So if you're not unpacking a sample and you're not taking a call, what are some of the other tasks in the building that you might be helping with on any given day? Oh, yeah. Um, so there's logging in samples, uh, checking in samples. So checking in is just kind of getting information updated to make sure that the payment information, mm-hmm. their address and stuff, that's all up to date. Uh, logging in is just putting the information from the slip onto our system um, so that way you guys get that accurate. Yeah. Um, numbers and stuff as far as miles, hours, kilometers, that, those sort of stuff. Um, I do a lot of like the mail uh, processing. My main focus these days has been mail related so as far as like unpacking sending out reports um, Mm -hmm. for those customers that prefer like a mail uh, physical copy instead of like an email copy Uh, so mailing those invoicing yeah that tends to be like the the most general stuff when it comes to sending samples through the mail i think that some folks might not understand why we can't easily prioritize something that's sent via usps versus a different provider can you kind of explain the operation as far as why it can be difficult on our end to go through samples sent via the USPS and put those at the front of the line. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, as far as like the USPS, one, one conversation I kind of have with like various customers is that one provider or I guess a carrier mm-hmm. is not going to prior, is not going to trump the other one in any case. You can be in a city where, the U.S. Postal Service is amazing, and UPS could be horrible. Um, ah, interesting. Or okay. you can be it's like, oh, FedEx is amazing here, but I don't like the U.S. Postal Service. They're tremendous. Like they're 
they suck here. Okay. So it, it, it kind of varies over there. Um, we've had a good connection with the post office where they kind of work with us. A lot of our kids, or not a lot of the kids, uh, all of our kids for the most part are all sent through the U.S. Postal Service. And it's just because, you know, they do a good job here um, and throughout overall that uh, – is, is just where we found the most success when it comes to to that, as well as pricing, because mm-hmm. um, it, it it is kind of like a uh, not um, a courtesy yeah. thing um, that's done. But when they arrive, I think that one thing people might not understand is that the USPS delivers large batches of samples. Oh, yeah. And so someone might wonder, well, why can't you find mine and put it to the front of the line? Mm. Talk me through when these samples arrive, I and mean, we're getting a large volume at once, right? Yeah, so we're averaging 400 to 500 plus like a day is, yeah. is what it is. Um, and all these samples, your kit looks very similar to another person's kit. The only thing that's going to differentiate between those is that tracking number that's on that shipping mm-hmm. label. But even then, it's almost like trying to find a needle in a haystack for a specific one. So that, that's kind of what and, – and, and that – sample in pile of 500 is in a row of other samples of mm-hmm. five, five, four to 500 each day. Uh, so that's just kind of what makes it difficult as well as already trying to keep up with the daily mail that we have throughout the day. Um, going out and digging through these buckets of mail, trying to find that one specific sample mm-hmm. uh, can be time consuming. Um, so we do try, but we can't make any guarantees as far as uh, being able to pinpoint. And I'll go out like maybe four times a day um, to, and spend like 10 minutes each time trying to find the sample. Mm-hmm. Uh, most times we, we are successful, um, but it, it is something that we cannot do, uh, unfortunately, for every single customer because that'll just be too time consuming. So. There are measures I think folks can take, though. So, so what would you recommend if someone is in dire straits and they have a sample and they need that analysis as quickly as possible? What would you suggest? Um, so um, we do accept all carriers. So even though our kits are all US, uh, USPS, like that's what, what it goes through, we do take FedEx, we do take UPS. Um, right now, as of, as of today, our current turnaround time is like 14 to 16 business days. Um, FedEx and UPS packages normally tend to take almost a week less than that. Mm. Uh, however, for like dire situations where it's like emergency cases, we do have what we call like the hot run. We only mm-hmm. do one a day, but for those samples, anything that gets expressed overnighted to us, uh, we, we try to have it done between uh, two to four business days um, is what it currently is. Normally, um, before in the past, we've done like the one or two, um, but we've gotten enough now that we kind of had to expand that. Um, a little bit, but the four or the two to four all the way is, is a huge difference from that uh, current 14, um, which hopefully it'll all go back down once we, mm-hmm. uh, you know, settle everything out. Yeah, more riders, another lab. Yeah. All of that can greatly help at every stage of the operation, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're working on it, that's for sure. So, wrapping up here, when you're not in the office, I was reading a little bit of your bio. You do some graphic design. Is that is that still a thing? Uh, it hasn't been a thing for a while. Last last uh, thing I did was like logos for a company. Oh yeah, and, and that was about uh, from when I started. It was like a couple of years ago, just like a couple months in from when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as far as graphic design, haven't kept up too much uh, with that. I still do like the the soccer. I don't do leaks, but I sometimes like um, volunteer at the Y and or like and pick help up out. stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Help them organize games. If they ever need referees, I'll, I'll either do it myself or gather people that can help them out. That's cool. Are you still running? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, definitely still running. Uh, just did the puffer trail back in, uh, I think, July. How long is that? Uh, 5Ks. I tend to stick to 5Ks and 10Ks. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then uh, the uh, one that was recently held by the Y. Um, I oh, always, I always think about doing the Fort for Fitness. I, just, I, I really don't like paying money to run. That's the weird part of it. Is the thing. Yeah. You know, like I understand that, you know, they got to provide a lot of cups of Gatorade to people. I understand mm-hmm. that that money is going somewhere. But I also, <laughs> under, like I started running during the, um, during the pandemic. And then, so I was doing all of that solo. So I was just like, why? I don't, don't want to spend the money to do it. I, I can just go outside and do it. <laughs> but... Yeah, who knows? Maybe one day we'll have a Blackstone team out of 5K. Oh, that'll be great. One of these days. I, I do share your feeling as far as like the, the running, to like paying a run. Because you get the map so you can run that course the next day for free. It, it's the most <laughs> basic form of exercise. It's been around yeah. forever. <laughs> so, well, that's cool. Well, it's good to get to know more about what you're doing here because I know that you could pretty much, I feel like you could step in anywhere. But at the same time, I don't know exactly the ins and outs of that side of the operation because all the time I'm just explaining the data. Getting the data to me, though, that's a whole different ball game. So... Yeah, thanks for hanging out, man, and uh, who knows, maybe we'll do this again sometime. No, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed that talk between Eric and I. You know, his title is quote-unquote data clerk, but really that doesn't do him justice in the sense that Eric is a talent who's able to manage all of the challenges that come into play when you are working with customers, unpacking samples, getting them ready for processing. There's so much that goes into that. And of course, he's not alone back there. We have a talented staff that is able to address all of the account management, the sample care, everything that goes into providing the results that result in the best oil report in the game. So thanks to Eric for joining me. If you call in, chances are good he might be one of the people picking up and helping you with one of your questions. So if you like what you've heard today, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. This is Blackstone Joe signing off. Slick Talk Podcast is powered by Blackstone Laboratories. If you're ready to start your oil analysis journey, visit blackstone-labs.com to order your free test kit.